0: Welcome, everyone, to Pen, Pen This is episode 19 of Darling in the Franks. I'm Alex. This is Brian. Hey, it's Ben. And please welcome Sin and Sophie. Hi. Hello. Hey, uh, how are you guys doing today? Anything, anything special? Anything terrible? I just woke up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, I have some exciting news. Oh my, gosh. Oh. my boyfriend and I have welcomed. A new member to our family.
2: Whoa.
1: It's a little iPhone.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. It's my
1: first iPhone ever.
0: Oh, wow. Uh, Does it have a name?
1: Little iPhone Sinclair. (laughs) (laughs) Little iPhone lore. I don't know. Now I have both Google and Siri to spy on me.
3: (laughs) So so I feel like last episode you asked Google a couple of questions. And now I'm just expecting it to be... yeah.
1: Hey Siri. <laughs> so, if he loves my Siri voice, hey Siri, do you love me? Uh-huh.
3: Well, I enjoy spending quality time with you.
1: Aw, thank you. It's like the best top ten voice ever. You know, like hey number nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a modernized Casey Kasem in your hand.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: so let's see what have you been doing oh you've been covering the elden ring uh network launch right yeah Uh, any i'm sure if you're sick of talking about it that's cool but any (laughs) any initial impressions do you do you think it'll fun? relief yeah yeah because i was a bit worried
2: it was just going to be like dark souls again but it seems there, there seems to be enough to differentiate it so
0: uh, I've seen some memes that say it's Dark Souls but big, and I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah, cool.
2: it's like fifty percent <laughs> Dark Souls but big.
0: <laughs> okay, but there's got to be there's going to be some layers under the surface. I it like that. Definitely feels like it. Yeah, I mean, they took their time, right? Yeah, this was five years. <whistles> Very excited. Okay. Do we have any anime news? Anything in our lives we want to... Yeah, a little bit of anime news. I don't know if it's especially new news, but uh, Made in
4: Abyss uh, got approved for a season two, um, Golden City in the Scorching Sun sometime in 2022. We'll see that. Uh, it's also getting an RPG, um, Binary Star Falling into Darkness. I uh, don't know much about it other than it'll be on the PS4, so I'll be able to play it.
3: Cool. Is, is made in abyss like made in abyss or an abyss full of maidens no you, yeah. you
4: have it right the first one <laughs> okay <laughs> made in abyss little kids descend into an abyss it's kind of like dante's inferno every level is worse than the next you kind of have to have a strong constitution to get through it uh there was like an ova film that came out last year I was a huge fan of the show. I had very mixed feelings about the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very brutal. Made in Abyss was something that my partner and I would enjoy, but I warned them they would probably not be down for this ride.
0: Cool. Dante's Inferno with Kit.
4: Yeah. <laughs> a a well-done show uh, either way. But
0: <laughs> Okay. Well, if we don't have anything else, we do. can do this. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. all right. Go. I, I heard a
4: rumor someone was talking about a show, Cherry flavor something?
3: brand new cherry flavor. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes.
0: okay. I don't often do recommendations, but I can do a recommendation for this show. So Sin turned me onto this show. brand new cherry flavor and it's like a little bit David Lynch and it's very 90 s and it's all about exploitation under the patriarchy. so it's like super up my alley. All right. It is starring, oh my gosh, what is her name? I keep just referring to her as the lead from Undone, but I should figure out her actual name.
1: You mean Alita?
0: Yeah, Alita Battle Angel. (laughs) Rosa Salazar. Ooh, great name. So Rosa Salazar is this, like, young director who has uh, a short film, a short horror film that she's made. And uh, I don't know if they're ever going to show the short horror film, but they keep, like, alluding to it, like like there's something inside of it almost like what is that Lovecraftian play in yellow yeah like there's something inside of it that shouldn't be there and people are like how did this <laughs> do that but you don't get to see it so anyways it mm-hmm. it just keeps escalating <laughs> episode after episode until there's like a trap door in someone's apartment and you're like well where did that go well where does it lead to and it does a good job of spacing things out so you ask a question in one episode and then like A couple episodes later, you're like, "Sweet, a satisfying answer."
4: So that's very specifically though, like a a a Lynch type experience, not like a J.J. Abrams type experience.
0: No, I think you open the mystery box with this stuff, and Uh, you might uh, not have like a clear answer, but at least they show you what's inside the box. So that's Uh, called cherry flavor. What? Oh, brand new cherry flavor, but it is new cherry flavor. Super graphic so there's like nudity there are they're like very intense situations violence uh puking things up oh yeah anything anything you want to say about it sin
1: i enjoyed it very much it's like if david lynch was easier to understand basically
0: yeah. <laughs> And that's on netflix yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yeah
4: well i have a, another cherry show that would be the exact opposite type of experience okay there's an a live action show from japan called cherry magic
1: okay.
4: and there's no puking uh, it's just a salary man um arachi that gets to his 30th birthday and as we all know if you get to be 30 years old and you're still a virgin then you become a wizard you're a wizard harry right right yeah arachi can read minds and finds <laughs> out that the office heartthrob is a closet homosexual that has a crush on him. <gasps> it's a delightful show. It's only a 12-episode story, and it's very sex-positive. Like, being gay is not the punchline of the jokes. So highly recommended if you've got Crunchyroll. Is that pretty recent? Yes.
3: I didn't, I didn't know Crunchyroll did, uh, did live-action stuff. Yeah. Uh, Funimation
0: uh, a bit as well, I think. But yeah. At some point in the past, I felt the same way about Adult Swim.
3: But some of their
0: stuff you know live action stuff turned out pretty good anyways yes that's our news Uh, for the week
3: when you say that like uh some of their stuff turned out pretty good can you just play a little too many too many cooks cooks.
4: (laughs) 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 wonderful all
0: right last time on but I'm a parasite Ikuno finally took the chance to tell Ichigo about her feelings Maybe it wasn't quite what Ikanu imagined, but there was real intimacy, and as the Sakura Blossoms fell, we were reminded that we must take the beauty of life as it comes to us, not as we might like it to. Zero Two had a spot of trouble with a mass of arms, but a walk in the Arboretum with Hiro dispelled her fears. The squad decided to stage a shotgun wedding for Kokoro and Mitsuru. Futoshi played officiant, Miku led the revelry, and Mitsuru crafted uncomfortable rings, but Kokoro was totally into them. The Nine showed up with a SWAT team just in time to ruin the marital kiss and give Zorame a concussion. Kokosuru were forcibly separated and subjected to the same memory surgery as Hero 2. They were returned to the relocated Squad 13 with nothing but the rings and a pregnancy as ghosts of their love. What does Ape have planned for the parasites? Has Dr. Franks ever been in love? Will we get any more Pacific Rim references? Let's find out. You said hero too. I love it. I had to use the ship names
3: for one sentence. All right, um, three, two, one, play.
2: Of all the heavy handed measures to take, Werner.
0: Verner. So Verner. already knows Ape's plan.
2: Yeah, part of it. You
0: know. Now I want like a redub of this with Werner Herzog. They don't hesitate to use whatever means
2: to achieve their <laughs> units.
4: I no just wish friend. Werner her- Werner her- what's his name Herzog was was just like the voice <laughs> of all like advertising. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, don't sure, just her. walk in here.
0: Twenty twenty five.
4: The
1: chancellor Gosh. asked me to get you
0: i feel like a dean can't just send you Ape. to another are very place
1: impressed look it's 2025 things are really so, yeah. <laughs> different, <laughs> different. <Yeah.
0: laughs> no so one has apart. tenure anymore ask them cancel the culture
4: <laughs> yeah. i accepted
0: their Werner
4: looks like a character <laughs> from like a rupon That's the third
0: right. I don't karina to, looks uh, like a studio sure ghibli Frank, aren't you oh to give them like a stark yes, contrast
2: this is the part i was talking about last time as soon
0: as she showed up is it I was yes. like, I have I've a feeling, oh, there it one goes, yeah.
2: research papers
0: we really leading to, the entire I? character's I? Life. I'm <laughs> But yeah, you see her and you're like, wait, I've seen yeah. this episode before. <laughs> in another it's, show. It's, called it's yeah, the I'm exact guessing. same <laughs> day. And, and her part does not end well.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, same same graveyard in the desert. <laughs>
0: Oh, and this is a theme. I think I learned it from one of your Bloodborne things. The There's some theory about, like, when a oh, organism yeah. reaches its peak of evolution. Yeah, yeah. RK selection.
2: It, it relies on this notion of, like, organisms being more or less evolved, which is, like, sort of bullshit. But, like, the notion is, like, if you're a less evolved mm. thing, like a mouse or, like, an ant, you just reproduce constantly. And that's how the organism survives. But whereas the... Like a quote-unquote more advanced thing, like an ape or a blue whale. Like it has like a few offspring that it then looks after. Right. And it led to this like part of Bloodborne was like them thinking about, well, if you took that seriously, like once you hit the apex of evolution, you wouldn't be able to procreate anymore.
1: So next time my mom's like, when are you going to have children? I'll be like, no, I'm already perfect.
0: (laughs) Yeah, true. I've already gone through RK selection. (laughs) Very scientific, mom. I don't want to go into it. I mean, nothing in this episode
2: really is very scientific.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole show because of how it was done. And it was just like the themes are represented in the visuals. And it's not too overpowering because mm-hmm. when you start watching it, it's like they're just throwing things at you and like Digimon sex robots, this, this <laughs> and that and that. And you're like, whoa, too much. Calm down. So this is like a good change of pace.
2: I've been on this show twice, and both times Australia's been destroyed. (laughs) It's starting to feel personal. (laughs) Would you believe me if I said it wasn't on purpose? (laughs) I, I don't blame people for blowing it up, honestly.
3: Mm. <laughs> i thought that was like the thing australia had going for it was that it wasn't gonna get blown up in the cold war or whatever oh yeah, yeah.
0: well that's if it doesn't get attacked by a monster because then all bets are off
3: <laughs> so sophie i was wearing a oh. wig
4: because uh there was a joke about everyone had long hair uh-huh. and i was like no not everyone has long i hair. did
2: notice your hair was different
4: luckily i had my wig on hand so okay, i could okay. be a part no, of anyways. the club yeah. I'm I'm a fan of wigs. I've had long hair and I didn't like pulling my own hair in the middle of the night yeah. and all the maintenance involved. So I
2: did an impromptu eight dollar Elden Ring cosplay. Wait, did you say eight dollar? It was an eight dollar Elden Ring cosplay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was in the um the gameplay reveal where we knew about it like twenty-four hours before it was happening. So I had no oh, wow. time so it was a dollar store wig and a bowl. Like a chip <laughs> bowl just on my head. And I had like cardboard wrapped around me. Sounds
0: amazing. I'm go, go to go look for that. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So episode 19, yeah. Inhumanity. It's a big old info dump. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But we do not We do have to flash back from there. Mm-hmm. First, it's Frank's talking to the council, mm-hmm. uh, the Lamarck club, or the remaining Lamarck club, because mm-hmm. we lost two members. And they're trying to figure out like if their goals are still in the alignment, because obviously Ape thinks they know something Franks doesn't know. And Franks thinks he knows something Ape doesn't know. And I guess we got to wait to find out who's right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, but Franks does say that he wants to see the plan through. Uh, and then we cut back to. The year 2025, which is four years from now. I'm super excited that we will get to live to see the start of this series. (laughs) I mean. Oh, you don't think so? You think four years is too much?
3: (laughs) Don't count your eggs. Yeah. That
4: can happen. You don't want to jinx it. Uh, Just out of curiosity, what was the year of like the Blade Runner movie? Is that 2022 or something like that? It's like 2049. 2049. Oh, you mean the first one? Yeah.
2: It's like 2017 or, with- or something. Oh, okay.
0: 2019, right. I think.
1: You're all wrong. It's 1982. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we passed that years ago. <laughs> uh, tw- 2019, I think it's it. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. So we're past we're Blade Runner. Runner. We're okay. way past uh, Transformers
2: the movie. Yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. We're 20 years past Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, no killer robots so far. Right. Well, actually, we do have some killer we, robots. We do though. have killer robots. Yeah, but they're not in charge of space stations yet. Yet. Okay, <laughs> okay all right. We'll take what we can get from
3: the okay. future so far.
2: Wait, so wait, what was the plan? Do we know the plan? I have no idea what the plan okay. is. They do this sale thing of like things happening and then it cutting to Ape talking about the plan. <laughs> but they don't really give you a full like overview of it until pretty late, I
4: think. Yeah. Okay. So we're in the future. We're living in the future.
0: We're in the past. We're in the of past. The we're in the past, yeah, future yeah.
4: past. Okay. With Werner Franck. uh, Talented geneticist. Is he getting fired? What's going on in the, in the Dean's office? He's getting
3: recruited, right? Oh. Like, <laughs> like this company has come in and you know, they're interested in his research, which we find out is, illegal cloning research that he keeps doing despite what the university is telling him or something. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's probably
0: cloning. He's cloning himself. Oh, he wants a million Werner Franks. That's how we're going to voice uh, Werner Herzog oh. over everything. We have to clone him. Okay. That's the only way he can do all that voice acting. <laughs> uh
4: Werner meets Karina Milsa, who, mm-hmm. who looks like yeah. a just super innocent, delightful
0: Studio Ghibli character. Yeah, she is all smiles and already a big fan of Frank.
2: Well, she mentions reading all of his papers. Yeah. And,
3: and, and he knows who she is, too. Yeah, She did something with, with telomeres. But as soon as she shows up, we all know she's going to die, right? Oh, Absolutely. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's Yui Akari all over again. Yeah. Okay. Even if you don't realize it's Yui Akari, it's like, (laughs) okay, you're not in the show now. So (laughs) something probably happens. Yeah,
4: so Frank's
3: meets with are they called Ape yet?
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
3: And but I was just gonna say they're described as an upstart group.
0: Yeah, they come out of nowhere. They have no national origin. They're always seen in public with robot faces on. Oh, is it Daft Punk? does Daft Punk <laughs> rule <roll> the world <laughs> later. They just like maybe they stop making music and they start working with magma technology. Uh, they they could do a lot in four years.
1: Yeah. Didn't they just retire? Too? They
0: did retire pretty recently.
4: <gasps> That's it. We only have four years to stop them. Okay.
3: See, if, if I were them, instead of retiring, I would just give someone else my helmet and I would just sit at home and collect those paychecks, you know, I thought that's why they wore helmets, but so they didn't actually have to do it. All right. <laughs> we're talking about Darling of the Franks. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah it's okay. Yeah. Loosey goosey. They're
4: sucking the magma uh, out of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like the the fossil fuel thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's Mako energy, it's spice, it's, you know, it's, it's anything deep within the earth that lets us do stuff with technology.
1: Have the people in this universe ever heard of the sun? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, they're doing cloning and all that stuff. Well, how? listen, there's the thing up in the sky. Maybe if we can somehow harvest that energy. No, that
4: thing has gone. No? So here's my guess.
0: Okay. <laughs> so my guess is that solar energy in the future is still, it's viable, but still not profitable. <gasps> and so they start magma as like, no, 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 you can't exploit the sun. You can exploit the ground. <laughs> Uh, so that's probably how they they start with a monopoly on this stuff. They sell it to different nations or the UN as a whole and that's how they get in everyone's everyone in their pockets. Maybe they sold the sun. <laughs> so,
3: so, so this kind of sorry, this is like switching, but I'm just curious what what you guys think about this kind of like big exposition dump here about like magma and like the whole world because in some ways I thought it was like interesting. And it sort of makes sense because we're going back in time to hear about like Frank's history. So it's like, well, while we're there, we're hearing about the history of the world. Mm -hmm. But it also just felt like, oh, we suddenly just learned a lot of stuff about this show in episode 19.
1: Well, I personally love it. I really like when a show sets up a mystery and you're wondering about the world and at some point they reveal it, but not too soon and not too late. So that was like perfect for me.
2: I said this last time, but like, it's very hard not to compare it to Evangelion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I, I put off at the start comparing it to that because I thought to myself, like, that's very lazy of me. But when, when you <laughs> have that many like identical shots, it gets a bit like, okay, that's what you're trying to do. But like, um, mm-hmm. the thing that I thought I was saying last time about this is like Evangelion did episodes like this too, but they weren't they didn't come across as being like planned out mm-hmm. um to this extent. Like this felt like there is a checklist of things we have to explain the following things, tick tick tick, and it's all very it's actually quite logical. Like the structure mm-hmm. of it is very, very logical. Like this happens, which leads to this, which leads to this, which leads us, which leads us, whereas in Evangelion, the equivalent would just be like a reverie that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily follow a linear path and doesn't necessarily like actually explain that much. It just fills in like why someone is traumatized. So to me, that was the big difference. Mm-hmm. If this were Evangelion, this would have been like three different episodes of material that someone would write up later on on a wiki.
1: <laughs> I'm going to
2: tell you the story. This happened, which led to this, which led to this, which led to this, which led, to this, which led to this. It's all very, very, yeah. very sort of structured.
4: So, th- this episode puts you out of a job.
2: I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: well, I'll, I'll admit um, I'm on the fence on this yeah. episode. Like, there's anime where this type of information is literally just two people talking for 15 minutes, uh, recreators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's terrible. Um, it would be better if all of this world building was placed here and there across things. But uh, I do feel like maybe this is where there's valid uh, validity to the criticisms about production being rushed maybe, Mm -hmm. but um, like the geek in me kind of likes the uh, Evangelion fan service because in this type of episode um, I'm not as worried about being taken out of the experience just because you know, it's a flashback
3: catch-up episode, kind of. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of how, I think they did a pretty good job in Evangelion where they have like, you know, Shinji wandering into the movie theater and seeing this kind of like documentary, but it's like also there's like the people making out in front of him and stuff. But, you know, I think there's kind of like, like people are like, oh, exposition is bad. And so then there's these kind of like, ways you do it where it's almost the exact same thing where it'd be like, Oh yeah. Like the kids. Yeah. They go into this room and find this old thing and then they learn about the history or whatever. And, you know, it's still just the exposition dump, but you've just like added this like prop versus having a narrator do it. And I don't know. Yeah. I I found, I found this episode like held my attention the whole time, but it was just kind of like
2: in the, in the previous uh, one, was zero just got the book. And it's like sort of mm-hmm. using the book to go back and forth.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad somebody else brought up the Neon Genesis comparison again because the placement is very similar. Uh, the equivalent episode, The Birth of Nerve, uh, where we interrogate uh, Deputy Commander Kozo, is episode 21, and this is 19. Mm. And Frank's is two episodes shorter. Yeah. So we're actually like, completely on
3: track for it to happen. Yeah. I guess with Evangelion, it's mainly it's like, oh, how did we make these like Evas? What are the angels doing? But the world is more familiar... I guess no. I mean, Eva's a very confusing series too. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no that, that's like but. something
2: that I—the world was something that struck me when I, because we have that new um, ending, the new ending, the new like ending sequence of the of the episodes, and it shows mm-hmm. like the characters just wandering around in modern day does not happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you were saying like the the world of Evangelion sort of because it's more familiar because it's less controlled you can have things like that sort of shinji walks into a movie theater or something like that you can't do that in france because everything about the characters lives is so like hyper regimented and controlled Mm -hmm. that it's it's sort of more difficult to work something like that into it yeah Mm.
4: well if i were to write fan fiction i would probably have this stuff like with a young zero two episode Mm -hmm. where they're like sneaking out and sort of finding out like the bits and pieces that aren't spoon-fed to you that you got to like piece together yeah
1: mm-hmm.
4: mostly because i just like to see more young zero two yeah and, and you'd get to be able to experience all this stuff through a child's eyes mm. who wouldn't really make sense out of the scattered bits and pieces
2: i'm so embarrassed it took me into like episode i think it was like 17 to realize like zero two is oni and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like oh, mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> because everyone else's name is like the Japanese numbers like Ichigo or whatever, but then she's zero two, and then it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, because the Japanese is only
0: that's so cute. Yeah, and we do get okay. So you want a a young zero two episode or another young zero two episode? Well, we do get the closest thing we're gonna come to at least visually speaking, coming up pretty soon. So let's see, and another oni, right? We're gonna add to this, mm. yeah, and uh, this re- red ogre, blue ogre story. Red oni, blue oni, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: So has that has that come up in our show before? What a red ogre, blue. I, if the listeners don't know what that is,
0: I don't know. If I we've think seen, it was yeah, in yeah, the yeah, last yeah. one. Yeah. the last time we were. Oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So sorry. And now, now we know more uh, explicitly, right down to the red oni usually have two horns, and blue oni usually has one horn, right? Anyways, um, Frank. Uh, is signed up with the Lamarck club and he gets like unlimited funding. So whoever he was working with before, whatever tenure he had before, this is not an issue anymore. Yeah. He gets to do whatever experiments he wants. Lamarck does not care if they're illegal.
2: This is the most believable part of it.
0: <laughs> people who work in like
2: research, like the notion that someone just dangles a lot of money in front of you to like give up your ethics
0: is like, mm. well, I mean, I got to eat and I do want to do mm. this kind of research. But, uh, oh, there are some, uh, what do you call it, like reticences, like yeah. uh, he's he's continuing to develop this relationship, this working relationship now with Karina. Mm-hmm. And she asks like pertinent questions like, what if we achieve mortality? Like, does, are we still human? What does that make us?
3: Do you mean we'd be
1: gods?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and Franks has... Kind of that look in his eye, which is, I don't know, it's interesting in that the immortals, they're like unaffected. They don't like go out once they're adults, they don't go out. But there is something old school godlike about them in that, like, they don't change, right? Like, people change. We're, we're, we are not immortal. We are affected by time, but gods are supposed to remain kind of static.
4: I do have one criticism of the scene. Mm. The line, well, I'm an atheist, you see. It's just so out of place. I'm an atheist, you see. Yeah. And it's like, are they trying to vilify atheists? Yeah, that's okay.
2: I'm used to it. <laughs> that's the one where I wonder if like, the Japanese script was less on the nose than that. Because <sighs> they're talking about like like a god, sir, as a plural, which is not how you would describe it in a Christian sense.
4: That's very true. Uh, how did it come across in the uh, subtitled version? The
0: subtitle says I'm an atheist as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so oh okay. And this is an awesome little bit that they just, you know, slide by, but uh immortality at least at first is only for rich people. Yeah. So like of course the technology <laughs> exists, but like if you don't have money, whatever, you die in the streets. We don't care. Yeah. And I guess we're supposed to imagine that eventually slowly like they filter the population through this but by that point they've just been ignoring people's needs for you know another generation so the population is pretty small by the time they're all immortal
4: yeah again that's a pretty believable part oh and
0: there's a little bit about the governments start taxing people for having children yeah so they like artificially uh, punish people for keeping the human race going. You don't need kids people. anymore.
3: You just well, be immortal.
0: And that's like a really common feeling in a lot of young people today who yeah. want to start families. Right. But they're like, there's no way. There's absolutely yeah. no way. If I have a kid, uh, I go to the hospital and I am $10,000 in debt yeah. to start off their like life in this world. And I'm supposed to, like, love them and take care of them. And how can you shoulder that emotional burden while you're shouldering that financial burden?
1: I know how. Move mm. to Canada.
0: Oh, my gosh. What's so good about, does Canada have, like, paid leave and stuff?
1: Yes. Wow. Well, you're so amazing. <laughs> Sin says
2: that, but, like, her cat just cost her about, what, $1,200? Okay, let's- Let's
1: clarify. For humans, yes, yes we have yes. the medical care for humans. And like, if you go to the hospital to give birth, it's not going to cost you $10 million. But if your cat gets sick and no vets take you and they're like, call us back tomorrow. And you're like, I don't know if my cat will be alive tomorrow. He's really not looking that good. You have to go to the cat ER. And after 30 minutes, you come out of there with a bill of $817 and no assurances. Wow. Anyway.
2: I just leave my window open and feral cats come in. They don't cost anything. And they eat whatever I leave out. They do. They are not picky. Yeah. So are feral cats
4: in Australia like four feet tall and just huge biceps?
2: No, no, no. They're they're really indulged because there's no apex predators here. Oh, Oh. Because people make this point of like, oh, Australia, everything's poisonous. Like all the little like spiders and snakes are, but there's no like Australian equivalent of like a wolf or a bear or something. So the second they introduced cats, they just killed everything. And there's just this like, (laughs) there's nothing can fight back. It's not like a mm. like like venomous, so they just wander around it's like murdering wildlife all day. <laughs> so they're all just like really lazy and fat, and several have adopted me. It's the exact opposite <laughs> of
0: the Black Plague situation. Yeah, it's a plague of cats. Yeah, Australian wow. cats—they're legal to shoot.
1: <gasps> what? Oh my god! What? No. Cats and rabbits
2: are just like legal to just like shoot. That's um, pretty. You know, if they're not owned,
1: yeah. Oh
3: I feel like that'd be some like <laughs> edge lord like australian cat hunter show or something i think in
2: in in, you need a license i think if you're in suburbia you can't do it but license to
4: kill cats yeah (laughs) i don't even what the hell australia
3: (laughs) that's that's going to be the title of this episode license to
0: kill cats (laughs) never mind frank let's keep talking about australia it's a winner gosh Okay, but our society is on track to become this society, uh, or at least America is, because we will not give uh, medical care to anyone Mm -hmm. who can't afford it. But uh, this process of magma extraction, which is what they need, you know, it's just an energy source, but they need it to do the immortality stuff. uh, It causes, explicitly now, causes desertification, right? And so, like, we had... Suppose that before we're like, well, maybe there's something between, you know, the gra- like the the lifeblood of the planet and the life that can be supported on the surface. And so now it's made it explicit. And then when this is the first time we see the giant Claxosaur come out. Uh, well, we check back in with the parasites in the, the present future. It goes really fast, but Futoshi is explaining to Kokoro why they're not partners again. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Futoshi still has like feelings for Kokoro and never wanted this to end. So I don't know. It's like, give him a lot of credit in this scene because he just like, it's like, no, this can't be and He just like leaves the situation. It looks like he's really upset because it doesn't look like it's something he wants to do. Well, good on Futoshi for not exploiting that
3: situation.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's kind of like the eternal sunshine. Oh, yeah. Of the spotless yeah. mind.
0: Oh, wow. That's really great. Because and then another moment like that, Kokoro and Mitsuru, the person who comes in and sees that this happened is Mitsuru. Mm-hmm. And so the person in like a position to comfort her Well, no, they just have to meet again and fall in love again. Oh, and this is where we saw that framing that I really liked mm-hmm. in this episode. There was the, the really tiny shot, almost like a thumbnail or an avatar uh, still of Kokoro, just surrounded by blackness, very alone. And then this split shot of the two of them talking, but they were facing opposite directions. I just loved it. I love when yeah. they make strong decisions like that visually.
1: Yeah, yeah the A team came in for this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the,
4: the feeling I got was like, uh, so much of who they are has been erased. Mm. That's reflected in the frames. They're world is just that much smaller oh
0: wow okay and they still have the rings but it's not enough to coax them out of this yet um they still have no no idea who each other is uh but everyone's like this is your partner i know you guys just met but you're gonna have to deal with it so oh and then we go back to the future past oh it's the dinner scene kareen is like hey we are a couple. I know you don't know this yet because <laughs> you have no idea what's going on around you that isn't cloning. But uh, we're in a romantic restaurant. I'm all dressed up. This is maybe our third time out. Uh, and I want to have a child with you. And that's why I'm not going to become immortal. Yeah. Man, Kareem is so awesome. And her attraction to Frank's directly causes her death. Yeah. You know, so... The conversation, I guess this
4: is a little bit of an interesting bit of world building. So, like, I don't remember it being ex- explicitly said, but they're talking about the process and talking about it in terms of going under the knife. Um, mm. I just assumed it was another one of those like yellow cell injection things. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, it's surgical. And Franks is saying, I would much rather have mechanical implants and uh, limbs uh, replaced, which, you know, of course he does later. Uh, mm-hmm. And if he was going to be immortal, like that's yeah. the path he would prefer. So that, that was just interesting to me. This idea that to go through this procedure is a pretty intrusive thing more so than mm-hmm.
0: than just an injection. And I imagine it's irreversible. Uh, we saw the adults, the one adult that Zorame talks to has like a heart plug thing. <sighs> So like, I assume, and it's, it's kind of glowing with the magma energy. So I assume that like, once you get that thing, it's part of your physiology. It's like a pacemaker. You cannot extract it without at least risk of immediate death.
2: Also like those, those two, that old couple they meet, like, Mm -hmm. is the implication they were old when they got the procedure and they've just stayed that age or did they actually age into that? Hmm. because that's not because like we find out later on that like there's two other characters who like they've been immortal for a long time and they don't seem to have aged at all and they also don't Hmm. seem to need the the plug thing so i'm not sure because i i didn't know if like if this was actually just meant to be like a frail old couple that just remained a frail old couple forever Because all these little things in
0: the world that, like, they don't actually go into detail about and sort of left open. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't have anything diegetically to support this, unfortunately. It's all conjecture. But um, you stop aging, right? But that doesn't stop you from, like, kind of wasting. Like, they're super skinny, right? Because they don't take pleasure from food or anything anymore. Uh, And Franks, right, he is uh, a great juxtaposition because he is not effectively mortal. It seems like he continues to age. Like he's ancient now and he's just prolonging the inevitable. It's almost like he has one wish he wants to see through. And that's the thing that keeps him alive as opposed to the other adults who have, they have nothing to live for, essentially nothing to keep them going. And so they waste away almost like, almost like dark souls, like hollows, like they have lost their purpose. So they are these wastes, like these almost skeletal frames Whereas someone who uh, still has a purpose uh, like Hachi and Nana, Mm. right? Like they're perhaps immortal much more recently than those other people. Maybe they were rich people and got the procedure early, but Nana and Hachi have definite purposes, which maybe keeps them fuller,
3: healthier, younger.
2: Yeah. That's like, that's what I I thought maybe.
3: Oh, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say quickly with Nana and Hachi. I thought maybe they're not immortal, but they are kind of like the grown up children and they're, they're just like the ones from their squad that are kind of serving this role as, as mentors or something. But especially because we got that shot of them as, as kids there, I thought maybe, you know, maybe they're separate.
4: Well, it's interesting to speculate about. I mean, I, I can't stop thinking about like there, there's only a few adults we've seen uh, their faces. You know, maybe everyone is like super old under that stuff
0: yeah i really want to see i can't remember if we get a chance but i don't think we do i really want to see what the lamarck club looks under there because they would be, have been the first people to get it presumably well after they experimented on poor yeah. people i'm sure
1: mm-hmm.
0: did you have something else sophie i was going to say that like
2: like what you were saying with like the the purpose and everything like mm-hmm. um to me like that's that's sort of like it works when it's that Like, when it's just, here's just a series of concepts that we're connecting, and we can just say magma energy to justify it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, Yeah, like, that. that's without necessarily going into, like, it works this way.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Karina kind of, uh, what do you call it, like, proposes to him almost Mm -hmm. at this uh, dinner in a very funny, like, (laughs) oblivious way, and then there's a short shot of Frank pulling the plug on one of his clone projects. So it's like, Frank has this drive to leave something behind right he has a drive for legacy as well through a clone or his research and he accepts like well now i have this other path and i guess that's more satisfying to me for whatever reason but he 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 does seem serious at least even if he's distracted about having the kid with karina
4: Wait, are you saying that that was probably a clone of himself that he pulls the plug on because he just had this conversation with Karina about having a child?
0: Yeah. I Well, I feel like oh. the first person you clone is yourself. Oh, wow.
2: And that would make like, um, I I've, I've forgot the guy from the Nines. Nine Alpha? Yeah, that would make Nine Alpha like kind of their son if he mm-hmm. is a clone partially of
0: um Karina. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Whoa. Oh, gosh, I
4: have to look up what nine alpha's eye color was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it might be gray. It might be green. I can't remember. Okay. And that's when we get humanity goes into the uh, Ar- Arcodomes I can't remember. Plantations. Oh, plantations. Yeah. Right. And it isn't until that happens that the Klaxosaurs attack. So it's almost like they took the magma energy and that like woke them up or something. But the like the final straw or the catalyst was like them retreating from the world. They're like, look, we are now safe forever in our little cocoons. And it's like the earth was saying like, no, that's not true. And so it births forth this monster that attacks Australia, of course, this is how i thought pacific rim should have gone too they say the first uh monster there they were like three days later and a bunch of tanks and missiles and it was dead this time they're like well it made landfall so we just nuked it mm. boom hit it several times and damn the human casualties
4: yeah again it looks like, like a lot like evangelion like there's these craters on the coastline mm. and then it's, the water's all red
0: yeah Oh, yeah.
4: Um, so Nine Alpha and Karina do have the same color eyes. It's that dark green olive hazel thing.
0: That is awesome.
4: So I, I have an anime trope question. This happens a lot. A big threat shows up and nukes don't work. All conventional weapons don't work. And like a super robot is what's going to do it. <laughs> it's so ubiquitous. Like, well, what is that? Like, is Mazinger Z really like more powerful than like six ICBMs?
2: God, the guy actually, I think it was Grandizer, but it was like, he was making, the, it was like a very explicit like anti-nuclear propaganda poster that's like, Grandizer is stronger than nuclear weapons, so don't use them.
0: Oh, yeah, wow. That's
2: cool. cool. Yeah. Sin and I actually, we watched Grandizer, like it went up yesterday.
4: I think that's the best super robot anime uh unfortunately it just was not very popular in the states
2: yeah no it's it's we talked about this it's really weird because like grandizer was not popular in the states and it was kind of like an also-ran thing in japan as well but everywhere outside of that it was more popular than Mazinga. yeah
4: all my arab friends like super yeah grandizer. yeah 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 you
2: yeah, know and the other thing like we also watched um Getter robo g and um get A robo like the first one not g but the first one like we know Studio Trigger are kind of obsessed with Getter Robo, and Getter <laughs> Robo's the first sort of arc of that. Like the villains are underground dinosaur people, <laughs> yes, oh, <laughs> and I did not make the connection until we went to watch it, and I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> and then in the uh, second one, it's Space Hitler, so oh,
0: <clears throat> real escalation. There. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Space Hitler with horns, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. From dinosaurs to Hitler, the Getter Robo story. Uh, Okay, so they abandon the cities, right? Um, Oh, wait, I had one more thing to say. Okay, so about this nuclear thing. I think there's something about sacrifice being necessary. These are giant monsters coming out of the ground, right? Uh, they use nuclear weapons at first, but it's not efficient, it's not effective, and these things are going to keep showing up, so they have to create the Franks. And then they talk about, like, the first Franks we created, the whole platoons would die, and they'd take down one claxosaur, and we would call it a good day. Because, like, essentially, that's what we're doing, right? We're sacrificing our young in this society to placate the old gods. Mm. And a nuke is so impersonal. Yeah. I mean... It's just so far away. So I think that's like why it doesn't work. And also there's this awesome uh, Grant Morrison quote about the bomb. He says that the bomb was an idea once too. And Superman is an idea now. Hmm. And Superman is a better idea. I was hmm. like, oh, so maybe like the superhero, the super robot can defeat the bomb. Or at least we hope. Yeah. Well, I like that. Uh,
2: and then and then Zack Snyder makes them the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't mind the change to the end of Watchmen. Because people are mad about them cutting the squid out. And I'm like, no, he's making a really good point about like the superhero and the bomb are actually the same thing.
0: Mm. Oh, okay. All right. One point to (laughs) Zack. I like it. (laughs) Okay. So Karina and Frank are going to get married. But he's like obsessed with klaxosaurs as soon as Mm. they show up. Yeah. Like she has to take
4: care of the marriage on her own. Like, it's going to be unceremonious already, but he's not even going to be there for, like, this signing thing. Franks is going to go meet a younger woman. uh, Or older. (laughs) (laughs) But someone else that's going to be, like, the real obsession of his life.
0: Mm -hmm. But that does not happen until after she's dead already.
4: One point to Franks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But this does make her, like supremely tragic right sorrowful because she has to like you said shoulder the all of the burden she wants this marriage she wants this child but she has to you know he he respects her at least he's with her but like she has to almost drag these things kicking and screaming out of frank and so when she's not getting what she needs from him she volunteers for his project I got the sense just to be near him more, mm. right? And then she immediately dies. Yeah. Like,
1: I feel like they should have given her a training.
0: <laughs> like, what does this joystick do? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, my takeaway was there's good people that
3: fall for the wrong person. You're saying, you're saying Frank is a bad person? I think he's a pretty bad person
2: yeah
0: he is allegorically a parallel for the Nazi scientists who were <laughs> uh paper clipped out of Germany by the CIA like his name is Werner like yeah. you know Werner von
3: Braun yeah which is funny because that that same reference came up in um in Gundam right
0: yeah uh, yeah yeah one of the Braun. the cities on the moon was called von Braun City and you're like wow that's pretty fucked up
2: and get Robo has space at yeah yeah <laughs>
4: We've got things named after Von Braun in the States. Yeah. And Von oh, Braun no. did a is Disney special, like, on our what? space program. Von Braun was branded as an American hero.
1: Let me ask you is America okay?
0: <laughs> no, it's never been okay. Um, yeah, it's a real bad scene. I mean, we've been working since, with fascists for a long time Yeah. So. Anyways, Karina dies in the fastest like
1: i don't know it was almost comical it was just like <laughs> yeah it's perfunctory
0: that's how i
2: describe <laughs> her
0: and this is how yui akari dies we yeah. all remember
2: yeah i guess like the, the thing that like struck me about post kirina death is like based on her gravestone she would have been like 44 i think when mm. she dies so like she's actually like waited for verna like to the cusp of the point which she may not actually be able to have children for very much longer oh yeah she's like hanging on yeah hmm. i thought that was an interesting detail
1: wait sophie yeah. what if she couldn't have children anymore what if like she said she could but maybe yeah. menopause or whatever already started and the robot knew
4: mm. i mean maybe oh my god <laughs> <Jacked> <laughs> <her>? <laughs> no i think that that's got some weight to it that's interesting yeah and frank was like
3: mm, maybe you shouldn't play <laughs> oh with this <laughs> She's like, I think this is a young
0: person's (laughs) game. (laughs) And they learn the lesson very quickly. They're Mm. like, all right, children pilot these things. 13, 14 tops. (laughs) This is
4: turning into our darkest episode (laughs) of Pen Pen
0: Pals. (laughs) Pen Pen Pals Darkest Hour. And he learns a very quick lesson. As soon as she is dead, he starts the cloning uh, Mm. project back up. So I guess there's a lot that could be read into there, right? Like, is it a grief decision? Because he's like, well, I guess I miss her more than I thought I did. So I'm going to start this process up to get her back. Or is it? Oh, we need a new test pilot. (laughs) New test pilots. (laughs) The machine must be fed. And then we come back to our pilots again. And they're talking about what has happened to Kokoro and Mitsuru Zorame still has some feelings about Papa. He's still the SWAT team just like decked him in the back of the head mm-hmm. on no one's orders. He didn't like even really get in their way. He was just like, Hey, what's going on guys. And that has not changed. <laughs> His his feelings about papa i just feel like he's this kid who's being physically abused but still loves his dad it's it's really heartbreaking yeah
4: i feel like he's in denial you know like Mm. the the change is coming or he's already started to change but it's a shitty thing right it's it's not something you want to believe
0: oh right so he had this epiphany right in one of the episodes about like we did all of this it wasn't papa like we did this stuff and then he has this regression cycle where like you know they sh- the nine show back up and be like hey papa's been worried about you he was like oh really he was on forget that other stuff i learned but uh-huh. now that that epiphany has happened even though he's pushed it to the side it's going to come back up right mm-hmm. he can't unlearn that knowledge yeah i made excuses
4: for my father for 10 years wow zoro may probably has me beat fast
0: turnaround time for zoro <laughs> quick learner yeah and hero says, "Hey, let's do something pilots have never done and demand that Papa speak to us directly." Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty hero thinks he's worth something. You know, we could all take a lesson and you know improve our self esteem. Yeah, but
4: you already know that that's not going to go well. Like if this is your first <laughs> time seeing this episode. <laughs> like <laughs> they do not give a fuck. Yeah, so they're still naive kids in some ways.
0: So now we talk about the initial parasites at some point we get a shot of nana and as kids which is really the pretty cute kids they look pretty serious though or at least hachi does but he always looks serious oh and they explain like the whole process of and we made these mistletanes that are like quarantine zones for the parasites because they have to be in contact with things that the rest of us are not in contact with anymore we assume like regular germs and real food and things like that, fresh air.
2: They also specify that, like, the mistletanes are... They're based on, like, old things. Like, the reason it looks like an old sort of orphanage is because they're trying to make Mm. everything... There's something about the reproductive capability that's connected to, like, oldness. Like, it's the old world where people still had children.
0: Mm. Ah. So we have to
2: make everything kind of as nostalgic as possible. And that sort of, like, helped it.
0: Right. It's like that sympathetic magic stuff we talked about with Theta. Like, believing that your actions, like, microcosmic actions, Mm. affect the, you know, the fertility of uh, the world at large. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. But in, in this expository, we still don't know if these parasites are natural born, inseminated, or just grown in tanks,
3: right? We've seen a lot of fetuses growing in yeah. tanks. That's probably what it is then, huh? That's what I was thinking. I can't
2: remember if it was explicitly confirmed or not that they were cloned, but like I just assumed they were cloned at this point. Same. Because they keep saying no one's having children anymore and well, where are these kids coming from? Here's a glass tank with a fetus in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: So does that mean that Zorome or at least Squad 13 might be part of Frank's special cases? Because City of Eternity would suggest that Zorome was born.
0: Or at least that yeah. they are the genetic donors, yeah. right? So, like actually, with I thought about those two being like some of the first. Maybe they are rich people, but actually, maybe they're some of the last because they do it together. They get immortal together, and they maintain this forgotten custom of cohabitating. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they were some of the last viable DNA donors for this project and that's why zorame has this connection
2: interesting because mm-hmm. there's so much less variation among the um the parasites like mm-hmm. presumably they are getting stock like genes from different people, getting dna from all kinds of different people and, like there's the there's the three in um what are they called unit you know, nine the nines? yeah nine it's yeah like there's three that look the same yeah presumably they are like just three clones
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're all clones, but maybe there's different levels of, Mm -hmm. you know, who's the donor, who they're a clone of. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, Frank's is getting older, which is neat because he's changing. Something is, you know, the loss of his wife and the continue of the struggle and the fascination has like taken its toll on him. So I like the little time skip. Uh, And this is when he finds out about his real life's work. Right. To find the Klaxosaur queen and he gets to spend two minutes in her time and it doesn't go well, right? But he's ecstatic. So I guess he managed his own expectations and came out of the situation ahead. Yeah, and I
3: guess maybe with the death of Karina, he doesn't really feel like there's anything... For him to live for, uh, it seems like he's kind of, you know, he's dismissive of what humanity has become and he's, right, looking for something better than than humanity.
0: Oh, that's true. And as soon as the first claxosaur showed up, he seemed to take an interest like, oh, well, if there's something that's like killing humans again, well, then we might not be the apex thing that I think we are. Uh, these SWAT guys are so jumpy. So-
4: Looking at the little proximity scanner, I immediately thought James Cameron's Aliens. Game over, man. It's game over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And then I felt like every single one of those soldiers was like Corporal Hicks. No, wait, not Hicks. Who was the one (laughs) that was like,
0: we're all dead. We're all toast.
2: Yeah, the Bill Paxton.
0: Oh, my God. that Bill Paxton. That's who it is. It's Corporal Bill Paxton. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Like every one of them was bill paxton
2: <laughs> i used to have yeah. a laser tag place as a kid that would play that clip <gasps> no but then one day they changed it to someone doing an impression and I'm, <laughs> i think they probably got found out and someone said you gotta license that oh man
0: uh i don't i um, lost us <laughs> oh no uh okay so he has this run-in with the Claxo princess okay she licks him Right, he licks his hand. Uh, he holds his hand out like you would to, like, a dog, I guess, because crazy sense of smell or something. She licks his hand and says, like, I taste the blood of my brethren on you. And, like, he hasn't been in these battles or whatever, but metaphorically, she can, like, sense that he is in- responsible for killing lots of Claxos. I took that a different way.
4: I thought maybe hmm. he was holding on to, like, klaxo samples and was doing weird experiments because the Franks are some amalgamation of klaxosaurs, right? Yeah,
2: they are. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. And he is like a Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. But yes, also he is responsible (laughs) for killing all of her children.
0: And then we'll get that line from uh, hero later. Again, he's responsible. So it makes a nice parallel, but so she bites off his arm, but leaves him alive. Right presumably to go back and think about what he's done. But she, so she takes this thing from him, but she gives him so much more. He had no reason to live uh, when his wife died. So now he needs something new. Uh, He got this piece of hair and that's what he's going to use to clone a whole new bunch of stuff. Like this opens up the world of possibilities to him. So his uh, reason to live is back. And, her maiming him lets him make good on his promise to himself, too. That he was like, Look, if I wanted to extend my life, I would never use magma energy. I would make myself a robot. And like, yes, <laughs> I respect this path. He does lo- end up looking like a villain from one of these
4: super robot animes.
2: Oh, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I think he was just, just
4: like Dr. Wiley. Yeah. He had a chunk of hair that he had in his hand. Yeah. That was a lot of hair. She didn't notice that oh, was gone? My God. I know. You're...
1: No, she did. She was just like, that's too weird for me. That's why she left him alive and walked away. She's
0: like, did you pull my hair? That was not part of the agreement. <laughs> you know the rules. I can touch you. You cannot touch me. Okay, and then... Uh, We come to our climax there with Franks, and then we come to our climax of the future present, and the squad is talking to Papa and the Lamarck Club. They're demanding like, hey, you have to set this right. You have to reverse what you did with Kokoro and Mitsuru. But we don't know if they're lying or not. They lie about all sorts of stuff. But Papa tells them. That's not how this surgery works. Like, it's not like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where you cut off the connection so you can't access those memories anymore. In this, they're like, we removed the memory. You're like, well, is it in your computer banks? You're like, no, it's just gone. (sighs) Very sad. Uh, And that's when they decide, they like get bullied, right? One of the other members is like, hey, normally we would have you killed for this, but... Since you're our special little guys, we're just going to give you a bad grade for it. Hmm. And that is unacceptable to them because they have made their own meals and they have survived on their own and they have developed a sense of self-worth and community worth. Right. It's almost class consciousness. Hmm. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, your interests are not our interests. So now we're at the negotiating table.
4: Yeah. Collectively, they experience a violation.
0: Mm, yeah.
4: And then uh, the threat comes onto the table, and it does not matter at that point. They have been violated. Fuck your threats. Mm-hmm. We're going to say what we're going to say. Yeah, I kind of wish they hadn't held Zorame back. Uh, and then this mm. this shitty thing that uh, the the ape guy says, it's like heroes say after this, like, we want our freedom. And they say, like, yeah, we'll set you free. But when uh, that, that main ape guy blew up the plantations at the grand crevasse he was talking about setting them free from their cages like killing them i'm like oh mm-hmm. is, is that what he means is this like mm-hmm.
3: oh yeah after after you do what we want we'll set you free quote unquote mm-hmm. yeah. well, one thing that i i can hadn't thought about until zora may ask his questions is um you know so zero two has fed this myth about oh if you kill enough Claxosaurs, you'll become human. And that actually the children were kind of also being fed this idea of like, oh, one day you'll be an adult. You just got to, yeah, just kill enough Claxosaurs and one day you'll be an adult. And it was kind of like, a, oh yeah, maybe like them and Zero Two aren't, aren't that different. And I guess they aren't, right? She's mm-hmm. just another one of the, the tools that is um, being used for for this same purpose.
0: Mm. Yeah, and the way you put that, like, it does not bode well. Like, we should not believe Papa and the Council now. They have done nothing but lie to both in both examples you gave. Uh, and Zorame asks that question, right? He says, "So how many more?" And they just let it drop, right? They don't address it. They're just like, "Look, what do you want me to
4: say, kid?" Yeah, but you know, we kind of end on a kind of a nice moment. Like Hero goes back to Zero Two and she's sitting there like she has in the past and he's staring at her and she makes the callback joke. Darling, Darling you pervert. pervert. Uh, but mm. there's no, you know, in the past you would have this reaction that's like catches him off guard or gives him anxiety, but they're just comfortable in their routine. I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. I wonder why isn't zero zero two is outside the room waiting for them. Yeah, I don't remember her going to see a weird. Uh, maybe she kind of knew how it was. Maybe gonna... she was
0: just like, if I'm in there, I'll lose it. <laughs> so she calls him a pervert. Uh, hero makes a promise to Frank. He's like, hey, I'll never forget what I saw in Zero Two's head. Oh, yeah. I know that it's your fault that she went through all this trauma. So, look, I know that our goals may be aligned right now, but we're not good. You and I. <laughs> So it makes it very clear. And in the same way that, uh, just to make that parallel last time, that it's the same way that the Klaxosaur princess says like, I will never forget that you're the reason all my brethren are dead. Yeah. So Franks, do we like him or not? Uh, like him, no. But no. does he serve a fabulous purpose in the story? Like, I love that he's here. I, yeah. love, I love this episode. I love following it and being like, yeah, he's a monster. And I want to see it through to the end. Yeah. I want to know what happens to him. I want to know what his plan ultimately was, if he has something against Ape or something like that. But, you know, he's fascinating, but I wouldn't invite
3: him to dinner. I mean, I, I, I feel weird saying this after we've like been like, oh, yeah, he's based on a Nazi. or. <laughs> <laughs> but it like to, to me, it's like the Apes seem like they're like, the ends justify the means like villains in yeah. this story. I mean, Frank's has a little bit of that, but, like, it feels like you have a sense that, like, he still has some, like, some humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you know, he, he's kind of, like, relating to Nana and Hachi on an emotional level and a little bit, like, Zero Two and Hero. And it's, like, yeah, almost like he's, like, like, you know, like, the true neutral or something like that. He's just doesn't really care that much about, like, humanity as a whole. And so, like, for him, it's just, like, the science or whatever. He has some other objective, but it's not, like, evil, right? Or, or, like, unnecessarily destructive or something like that.
1: He's, like, an obsessive scientist.
3: Yeah. 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 I
4: really like framing him as true neutral because (laughs) I want the characters to be good or bad, like an antihero or... A complicated lone gunman or something but i mean true neutral is just a very uncomfortable character for me
2: well he can't connect i guess because they make a point in one of the uh because i re-watched it again before this but like <laughs> they make a point in one of the ones like a couple of episodes before this that like hero what sets hero apart is like he's connecting with people like the connection that he forms with the other parasites Mm -hmm. is like it's it's stronger than other people and the connection he forms with zero two is stronger and frank's actually says like dr frank specifically sees that hero is like more empathetic than the other parasites Mm -hmm. and he says like this might make him more powerful so observe him Mm -hmm. and that seems to be like frank's sort of like empathy is sort of beyond him and that's when you look at the relationship between Franks and um the Claxisor Queen, like it's very, very similar deliberately to the relationship between Hero and Zero Two, mm. but like it goes in a different direction because Hero and Zero Two actually bond. Whereas Franks mm. and the Claxasur Queen, like she's a resource.
3: Mm-hmm. It is kind of like this interesting, like kind of the like generational story of like kind of like these two things meeting each other, but you know, couldn't connect or whatever, and then you know, now we have like these two two species or whatever meeting each other with these like blank slates, and, and they're then like able to to form this connection.
0: Yeah, maybe there is like this generational thing, like you know, hero representing like a younger person speaking to the older generation and be like, Look, I know you're trying to make amends, but it's not enough. And like I need you to know that like the damage is done.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: the damage is done those house prices are never going down
0: (laughs) oh and we see all of the cities are abandoned they're all destroyed so like an apartment in a plantation must be really expensive
1: well they live forever they can work 24 hours a day it's fine
3: oh that's true (laughs) just get the kids to do it
1: Actually, don't mind this future. It's like I get a huge <laughs> apartment to live in. I lock my boyfriend in a pod and I eat mochi all day.
4: Yeah, you don't so, you don't get to enjoy the
0: mochi though.
1: It's fine. Food is food.
0: Okay. <laughs> but eventually you get to have young people at your apartment who enjoy the mochi for you.
1: <laughs> I just like disinfect them like hey. a <laughs> spray, spray. My, yeah, it's just like
0: spraying a cat with a water bottle. It's <laughs> such a grandma thing to do anyway. oh well okay um so that is the end of our episode uh does anybody have any final thoughts on it uh any any predictions
1: i predict franks and the princess are gonna get married
0: oh it's a comedy (laughs) we get hitched in the end
1: And it's like a Cinderella thing where she kept his arm the entire time. Oh, oh my gosh!
3: <laughs> she's just—he's holding her hair, and she's <laughs> just been holding his arm. She's just, yeah. she's just going around to different not
4: space Nazis. Like, does this arm fit? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, when you know, the, the show has like hard tonal shifts, but wouldn't it be amazing if romantic comedy was the hard tonal shift in the last act? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I would fund that. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, okay. So I guess this will be my prediction. At the end of the last act, it was kind of we were waiting for this big battle, but kind of the the drama was was uh, zero two in hero communicating and mending their relationship. Mm. So I'm trying to think like what's like the more extreme version of that. Maybe I mean, so maybe they don't get married, but Franks and uh, and this older Oni finally like talk and come to some agreement. I like it. I really like your, what is the most extreme
0: version of that? Uh, I think, I think that's spot on actually. (laughs) And then the blue Oni
4: says, I big like you.
1: (laughs) Her name, Albert Einstein. Yeah.
4: Okay. So three, two, one. Pen. Pen. Pals, darling. darling. Awesome. Thank you so much.